lose feeling of your senses. Wild and crazy. Maybe winning a PGA Tour tournament. Yeah, I don't know. Bald guy still has it. Just grabbing a, a handful of back hair. Austin, you asked how we got this started. Travis, I'll let you answer it. Um, so I think it started at my brother's wedding, right, Bricks? When we yeah. initially came yeah. up with the idea, mm-hmm. like, uh, which, as I was saying, was almost a year ago. And out of nowhere, Bricks was like, dude, we should start a podcast. And I was like, I was drunk. So I was like, fuck yeah, that sounds great. That, you know, like that would make sense. And then. It literally took us like eight months to finally put it into action. But mm-hmm. it just made sense. Like, Bricks is a talkative guy. He's funny. I'm a talkative guy. I'm funny. So, yeah, it would make sense for us two to jump on a podcast together. Bricks, are you smoking a vape? No. I'm, breathe- I'm breathing heavy. <laughs> okay. What have you been doing? I'm breathing heavy. Why are you breathing so heavy? What have you been doing? <laughs> I was I was pacing my fucking room over here trying to figure out what I'm doing over here. I'm like, I literally, so when we record a lot of times, I just hold the mic and I just pace. And uh, that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, I'm a big pacer. Um, but okay, let's get into the freaking podcast. I'm actually, I'm not going to delete any of this. I kind of like it. Um <laughs> So our uh, our guest you're out of, you're out of breath from wait, you're out of breath from <laughs> around your room. Um, the funniest our, thing is people would automatically assume that Bricks is probably like extremely overweight, like three hundred and forty <laughs> pounds. But you guys that that don't know Bricks, he probably weighs one hundred and eighty pounds soaking wet. No, no, like one hundred and six hundred and seventy pounds soaking wet. Six foot what? Six no, foot? I'm, I'm six foot. Six Are foot. You? Yeah, I'm on a good day. I'm five eleven, <laughs> technically. I, I wear the little. I, I considered buying those little heel riser things just to make me like six foot. And I can be like, yeah, what up, baby? Put it on my hinge profile. I'm six foot. Wait, have you started getting those those ads on Instagram as well? Where it's yes, like those dude, shoes. I what are those... they called? They're, it starts with like an S or a Z or some shit, <laughs> dude, right? I I, I it's a noise. Yeah, whatever those are, I'm, I consider them every single time. Instagram ads are getting me because I want to buy those little little heel riser things. And my thing is, I'm not even that short. I'm 5'10". Like, I'm like a natural, like, I feel like an average male is probably 5'10 to 6 foot, right? I think average male height is 5'8 or 5'9". And you're saying that because you're 5'9", Austin. It's So, (laughs) here's the thing, then. Okay, okay. Well, but before we dive into that, I need to at least introduce you here, Austin. You're just talking on the pod here. Uh, Our guest this week is uh, my friend uh, we met... (laughs) Back in 2016, we worked together at Pandora Media. Then we went over to Adobe uh, together. I actually went first. Um, I'm kidding. Austin went first, and then he recruited me over. Uh, we worked together a little bit there. Austin then went to The Athletic, which is a sports publication. Did that. Now he has a ton of other jobs. But uh, I will say he's one of my smartest friends. He's a creative creative person, uh, creative writing, extremely knowledgeable about sports, extremely knowledgeable about just life things. And you're probably going to hear a ton of hot takes that he has throughout the episode today. So take those with a grain of salt. At the end of the day, he is also Jewish too. So um, yeah, that elite, <laughs> it's not a bad thing. It's a great thing. Um, but I just always like to throw that out there because it's going to lead perfectly into my dating story that I have for this week. Wait, I want to say just real quick, like you just threw him working at the athletic out like it was just not really that big of a deal. That'd be like working when I worked at the Bruton Standard, you know what I mean? 
that's not a big deal. The athletic who who's the big baseball writer? Is it Ken Rosenthal that works at the athletic now? Ken Rosenthal is probably the biggest writer. When I was there, Jason Stark was also there. I'm not sure if he still is. Um, Peter Gammons was there when I was there. They have a like a murderer's row of baseball writers. Their baseball writing is really strong. I, I just wanted to point that out because Austin, I've never met you before, but I I think that working at the athletic is a huge fucking deal. So I'm not gonna downplay that out like it was just like, oh, he just worked at the at the athletic or whatever, you know. That's a huge deal. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, it was it was a really cool experience. And I think like I didn't realize it at the time. I probably took it for granted a little bit at the time, but like looking back on it, it was an awesome experience. I do, I do want to ask you, and if you don't want to answer this because maybe Ken Rosenthal does hear this at some point, is he as gooberish as he seems? So I never actually met him. Um, so like I, I didn't meet a lot of the writers. The only time that we would ever have writers in like the HQ office was if they were like, it was a lot of beat reporters who would be, you know, they would like stop in if they, if the team that they were covering was like playing a local Bay Area team. So like, mm. you know, if the Timberwolves were, one cool example is I met John Krasinski, who was the guy who was basically breaking all the Jimmy Butler news mm-hmm. um, when he was forcing his way out of the Timberwolves. And I met him like as it was all happening because he was coming through San Francisco. Besides that though, you didn't really meet a lot of the writers because they just like operated independently and did their own thing. Yeah. What well, what what exactly was your position with them? I I guess that probably would have told me more. So I was on the growth marketing team there. So basically, like my job was to help drive like paid subscriptions through like paid advertising channels. So like we would uh, pump up like a lot of our written pieces on like Instagram or Facebook or like Google AdWords to try and like get people to subscribe. And like paid for the subscription, um, which was cool because it was like their entire business model was based on that. Like they don't do ads, they don't do anything. Like they make all of their money and ended up like getting acquired by the New York Times solely based on their subscription numbers. Yeah, gotcha. And you, and you're from you? Okay, so you live in the Bay Area. You work in the Bay Area, but Bricks told me beforehand you're a Chicago sports fan, right? That's correct. So I was born and raised in the Chicago suburbs, and then I went to the University of Illinois. So my sports fandom is like White Sox, Bears, Bulls, Blackhawks, University of Illinois, um, and also the Los Angeles Chargers. But that's a that's a conversation for a different time. No, that is not true. He's a Bears fan, and then he claims now the Bears suck that the <laughs> that, that he's a Chargers fan. So I don't want to hear that. I'm one of the first hundred Los Angeles Chargers fans. People oh, forget yeah. <laughs> that I'm a, people forget that I'm a Chargers fan. Wow. Well, I mean, people do forget that because I mean, it's pretty forgettable. You know what I? You know what I learned from the movie Superbad? People don't forget. Is that people don't forget? Yeah. Yeah. So people don't forget. <laughs> well, I I want to tell a quick uh, the way we typically kick off these podcasts with a quick dating story for for uh, the listeners and Austin since you had the lovely time of of being on at the beginning of our show um, I'm going to tell a quick dating story um, and in the spirit of you being Jewish I love Jewish people um, I will tell I don't have a specific dating story but in this case I um, 
talked to you about this recently that I uh, have an infatuation with dating Jewish women. Um, and since I moved to New York in February, I have had this thing of just going on dates with Jewish women. I've probably been on like six dates with different Jewish women. A lot of fun. Wait, uh, wait, good time. Ben, can, can I ask them real quick? Is this something that you know beforehand going in where you're like, you see on their Tinder profile that they're Jewish and then you're like, oh, I'm going to swipe right. Or is it something like you meet them and then you're like, I have a weird infatuation where I'm just drawn to Jewish women. I think a little of both, to be honest. I see that and I'm like, oh, cool. After the first time I was like, oh, it's cool. These Jewish women are cool. Second time, cool. And then Austin always mentioned to me when I was moving out here, he's like, oh, yeah, you're going to meet some cool Jewish women. So I kind of started diving in a little bit. And uh, I asked Austin the other day if I should get on J-Date, which J-Date is a Jewish dating website. And I asked him if it's appropriate that I do that. And I'm not Jewish. And he said, no, I shouldn't do that. It's not smart. (laughs) Okay. So that's, like the, that's like the that's like the equivalent of blackpeoplemeet.com and then me jumping on there like, is it cool if I get on it because I'm into black girls, you know? See, see, I didn't see it that way, but now when you put it that way, it makes sense. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, so that's exactly what it is, right? It's like farmersonly.com. It would be like, you'd be like, oh, I have an infatuation with farming chicks. But like those women on farmersonly.com are going on that website to meet other farmers. People are going on J-Date to meet other Jews. So yeah. my, my, Farm, farm. I, I have a few. I have a few follow up. You're not familiar with FarmersOnly.com? No, I was gonna say like uh, him going on FarmersOnly.com and then them meeting him, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm from like, you know, I, I went to school in Long Beach. Uh, I'm, I'm from <laughs> like the Sacramento area. Like, that's not farm. You know what I mean? It's definitely not farm." Um, Ben, well, I, mean, I have a couple of follow-up questions around your Jewish women infatuation. Yeah, shoot from the hip. So before you had moved to New York, had you ever um, – do, do you have any dating history with Jewish women? Uh, I can't say that I have. Uh, maybe maybe there was a closet Jew that I didn't know. I don't know if I can say closet Jew, and that's allowed. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> We're like um, addict Jew, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you're such a, that that is bad. That was bro. a World War Two <laughs> joke, dude. It's not that bad. Oh, okay. oh man, dude. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> that's too good. Um, so yeah, I uh, I didn't I didn't have any any experience prior. Okay, and then what is it about Jewish women that that intrigues you? Um, I I think it's their wealth. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I don't think it's anything in particular. I think it's more now. I just realized that every date that I go on with Jewish women, it's a really fun date. Maybe it doesn't always work out, but it's always fun, and I have a good time. So I'm like, cool, I'm going to keep this up. Keep this thing going. Okay. Yeah. You've spoken. I think it's also because of you, and I just really want to be able to say that I'm more Jewish than you at the end of the day. So you're into Jewish women because of me is what you're saying. So you really that's, – that's interesting. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, you know, it's it's just many factors that I, I feel – I just am inclined to them overall. Every Everything about them is, is just perfect to me. So if you're a, if you're a Jewish, Jewish woman listening to this podcast, most of his handles are at Bricks Goods mm-hmm. or you can find him at Ben Bricky. I mean, that's at LinkedIn, but yeah. Um, uh, professional profile. It's mostly, <laughs> it's mostly for the podcast. All you're going to see on there is host of Fresh Off the Couch. Oh, he has man. zero followers, by the way. 
Oh wow, that is that is good. That's great. That's um, that's just just splendid. So yes, my uh, my infatuation with Jewish women is is runs deep now. I personally wanted to also see if I could segment on my profile that that I'm into Jewish women, and uh, I I think that would just be a little bit over the top. So I kind of have to do it like in small doses. So Austin, this is a question for you. If I went on my profile and put in on my hinge, like. What should I put on my profile? I guess I should ask you. What should I put there to make more Jewish women want to match with me? So I would like go about it in. I would try and figure out what I would. What I would advise you to do is figure out characteristics of Jewish women that you are attracted to, and then be very direct about that. Okay, that's a good. It's a good call. I'll, I'll I'll have to I'll have to put some time and effort in my hinge profile, and uh, make sure I'm in. I'll figure out what I'm really into, what really draws me. Physical features, maybe maybe some personality traits, whatever it is about the the Jewish women that I'm into. Yeah, just shoot from your heart, you know. I understand. I appreciate your dating advice. Um, let's let's uh let's get off of this topic because I feel like Travis is over here just wanting to say so many great things and we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna keep pushing Trav. we're gonna keep pushing um you mentioned that you're from Chicago Travis Travis mentioned it previously I want to know a little bit about being a Chicago sports fan uh, I know the Blackhawks have won a cup for you three times in your life the Bulls have technically won one championship in your life but you were two years old and then outside of that I really can't think of the White Sox oh yeah the White Sox won a World Series in 2006 I believe so you got to see that um, but yeah the the Bears haven't really done too much for you they went to a Super Bowl at one point but they didn't win no the Chicago White Sox won a World Series in 05 so to answer your question like what is it like being a Chicago sports fan it's it's bad. Like being a Chicago sports fan is bad, um, and it kind of like feels like a mental illness in a lot of ways because like all they they have only brought me like pain and disappointment for my entire life. But I still like find myself like getting convinced that like, maybe this could be the year. Like maybe they could be good. Maybe they're building onto something. Like maybe they mm-hmm. won't disappoint me. And it feels like a mental illness in that way. Yeah. Um, this sounds I... exactly identical to being an Angels fan. <laughs> Are you an Angels fan? Sadly, yes. But it is exactly yeah, the same. So like, I can't imagine what that's like. I also can't imagine what it's like to like have Mike Trout and Shohei Itani on your team and still be bad. Okay, but even for you guys, you guys have uh, no bullshit. Like the White Sox right now probably have more talent than we do, like top to bottom. Like you, like Tim Anderson, Lucas Giolitos, those types. You guys have more of those guys. We have two elite guys that you could that'll probably go down in history, right? But you guys, top to bottom, are probably better than we are. But coming into this year, you guys were the AL Central favorites, no? Like 100%. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. We are we're, the most disappointing team in the American League by far. Even when the Twins signed Correa, it was just like, eh, yeah, they're, that makes them better, but doesn't make them great. So that, and then you guys still are probably, I mean, definitely performing below expected, but even just as a team below average, it's like Dylan Cease is your guys' best starter, right? 
to yep. this point. Mm. By far. And he's been good, not great. He was he was doing amazing, but Lucas Giolito almost has like a five ERA, right? Or probably over after today. His ERA is over. It's like in the mid fives now. Lucas Giolito might be in trouble. He, I think like his velocity has gone down a lot. So like he used to sit like ninety six, ninety seven, and now he's sitting like ninety, ninety two. And when you sit ninety, ninety two, and you don't have to like. One, you can't blow the high fastball by anybody and you get hit hard. And two, you can't work off your changeup because if you can only throw 90-92, then people are just like waiting back to begin with. Right. So his changeup's not effective. Um, I think he might have like a little bit of a dead arm, but he's also going into a free agency. So it's like he's putting a lot of pressure on himself. We've had a lot of injuries. I'm not, I, I hate to be the injury excuse guy, but, like, Eloy has been injured again. Yohan Mankata is a fucking bum, and he can't play for, like, more than three games at a time. He's a walking aisle stint. I hate his guts. Um, we lost Garrett Crochet to be in the beginning of the year. Hendricks is on the IL now. Joe Kelly has been on the IL a lot, but he's finally Kopech back. has even been a little sketchy the last couple of weeks with injury. Yeah, he's been sketchy. He's got nasty stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's just, like... When you have injuries and you have Tony, you have a fucking eighty-year-old Tony Larusa being senile and like <laughs> getting DUIs. Blo- it's like any close game that we have is like an automatic loss because he is going to mess up bullpen management or he's going to mess up like the lineup or something. And it's just like it, it just feels like we're going to go like eighty-one, eighty-one, or like mm-hmm. eighty and eighty-two, and it'll just be disappointing. I want to ask you about about the lineup thing. I saw for way too long, which not a White Sox fan, just as a baseball guy, Loris Garcia was hitting four for you guys, or three, right? (laughs) For way too fucking long. It was crazy. We have an an ongoing joke with, like, my group of my my White Sox friends about how, like, he has to have, like, blackmail on Tony La Russa. Like, there's no... There's no way to like describe it. And it's just like, he's very stubborn. I just hate it. And it's just like, it's tough when your baseball season is like this, because it's like, I can say for as much as I want that like, I can say as much as I want that I'm not interested and like, whatever, I'm disappointed. Like I'm, I don't care. I definitely care. And I'm, it's from April until October. Right. And then it's like, that's a long time to be, have like a lingering disappointment. And then I have to segue right into bear season, which is just like <laughs> a walking fucking misery. Yeah, a walking disappointment for my entire life. And I have to deal with people reminding me about the 85 bears as if that wasn't 40 fucking years ago. <laughs> I wasn't even born, pal. Me neither. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys, uh, the bears... Uh... Every year, I, I look forward to when the Bears play uh, play the Bucks. Uh, last year, we we um, absolutely smashed you guys. Um, years prior, you you guys won, um, but we're not going to say that. Uh, the year you guys beat us two years ago, three years ago, th- no, two years ago when we won the Super Bowl, no big deal. But uh, being a Bears fan sounds like probably one of the toughest fans to be of in sports because Chicago is such a hard-nosed, brute city, and they're all like they pride their football team so much, and you guys have consistently just fell short of expectations. It's the most frust- It's the most toxic relationship I have in my life by far. <laughs> the Chicago Bears. 
and it's so it's frustrating on so many different levels because it's like like you said like the city cares so much like the if the bears were actually consistently good it would mean so much to the city everyone would be all for it but it just feels like it's like a doomed hopeless type of thing and it feels that like it feels like there is no resolution until the ownership team like sells the team or because they just feel incompetent or shout out to the Raiders. And this is not a great thing to say. Somebody has to die. Cause that's usually <laughs> what it takes for like, <laughs> for like sports ownership to pass on. Somebody has to pass away. And then finally things start changing. Like Al, Al Davis was the perfect example. What now, is no, but Tra- Travis, this is where it gets bad because Virginia, Virginia McCaskey is, like 90 years old. Right. God God bless her soul. One day she will pass on. But her son that she's passing it down to, George McCaskey, is a fucking imbecile. <laughs> He's like on the record of being like, I'm not really a football guy. I'm not really oh. that into it. And he owns the Chicago Bears. And he's in charge of like picking the GM and picking the head coach and like making decisions that impact my life. And it's just fucking brutal. And there's no guy in Chicago that's friends with him that's a Bears fan that could tell him, like, hey, man, I love you to death. I know you trust me. Let's just sell the team and let's move on. Let's let's enjoy our lives elsewhere. You know what I mean? Like, somebody has to sit down and have that conversation with them so that people like you can enjoy their sports experience. It's all the family has. It's like all the family, their entire history, their entire net worth. It's all the family has is tied to the Chicago Bears. He will never sell. My life will be ruined forever. I like. I have to legitimately look at like my window of Bears potential success being like when he, when George McCaskey dies, which will be like thirty years from now. So I have to hope that when I'm like in my mid fifties, that the Bears might be pretty good. <laughs> Sounds good. And even at that point, like it's so hard to win a Super Bowl, and you just have to hope that something goes right at that point. Not only, not only do, not only does he have to die, we have to have a quarterback. Yeah, at the same you, mean, time. you mean you mean Fields, isn't it? I don't feel like we're, he's going to have like a fair. Like he's not even going to get a shot because last year he was dealing with like Matt Nagy, who's Matt <laughs> Nagy, and then this year the entire roster has been like overhauled because the fucking mess that they inherited. So it's like you have Justin Fields and an incomplete roster that has no talent. He has no offensive line. He has no offensive weapons. He has a, he has no defensive line. Like they have, they have so few pieces to build with and they have to start from scratch. And they're trying to do this while he's still on his rookie contract and also like not ruin his life. So yeah, like, all, all he's going to do I is like just Justin get his, Fields ass beat because yeah, there's no I mean, no offensive line no receivers that can get open he's gonna spend his life like uh like david carr yeah i mean it's like i i like justin fields a lot like when i watch him play like he he showed like rookie frustrations but i was like this guy has talent this guy's good he wants to be a leader if you put justin fields on the san francisco 49ers like super bowl team yes like like sustained long-term success it's just like and ben i hate to bring this up 
actually, I don't need to bring this up because fuck you. But it's like, you know, how there's <laughs> a joke where, you know, you go to the Sacramento Kings and your career is ruined. Yep. That's what I feel like the Bears are, but because they have like so much history in the franchise and because they're from the city of Chicago, like people don't talk about them that way. But like, that's mm-hmm. kind of the reality of it. 100%. I I hundred percent. I know you can you can feel feel bad for you. You've been talking about it for this long. I, I, they uh, I can feel the pain in your voice. Um, so I'm not I'm, mad. I, I, I you're not mad. You're not mad, dude. I'm not That's mad. Cool. It's I'm not mad. Cool. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, not mad. So I want to segue to something that's going to light a little bit of a fire, hopefully under Travis's butt here, because I know you have some hot takes uh, for the listeners and for Travis. Austin is the king of hot takes. He loves to, to get a little rise. He's always, you know, spite, spouting off some fun hot takes that, you know, get the crowd going. So Austin, I want to give you the floor for, uh, I think you said you have three hot takes. So let's, uh, let's give you the floor, see what these three are, and we can debate them and have some fun. Okay. My first hot take is that I think avocado is just okay. I think avocado is fine. I think that everyone needs to fucking relax about avocado. I think it's I think it's whatever. And it's and I I have to also say that Austin will say this because Austin being from Chicago comes over to California and there's a bunch of things in California. Austin just hates on Californians for, and this is definitely one of them where he said this before and he's like, yeah, people in California go freaking bonkers for, for avocado. Um, so I do that, need to make sure that's, that's out there too. That's not crazy. It literally tastes like nothing. Unless, unless, like nothing. unless you up and make some, if you make it some guacamole, throw a little, you know, little, some spices in there, a little pepper, a little salt, Yes, then it's great. But eating just like my girlfriend, for example, she will eat just avocado on top of bread. I don't think it's that crazy. I don't think it's that Jail. good. Jail. Jail. <laughs> that's, that's, like, that's crazy to me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, if it's guacamole, then yeah, I'm all in for it. But I mean, once you start saying that, like you put gua- you make guacamole, there's so much other stuff in it that you're tasting that's not even guacamole. It's just like the only thing that you're, the, uh, or that's not avocado. It's just the only thing of guacamole that's avocado is essentially just the texture. Yeah, and by, and by no means is it bad. Like it's not disgusting. The, or way, like that. the way that people from California would shove it down my throat when I moved here. <laughs> They'd be like, I bet you never had an avocado that tasted like this. <laughs> Talking about it as if like you're like walking into the Louvre and being like, I bet you've never seen art like this. I bet you've never <laughs> had an avocado. Like now that you live in California, this is pretty great, right? I'm like, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Not the worst thing I've ever tasted. Yeah. It's a fucking avocado. You guys need to relax. It's not a personality trait. Yeah. Um I agree with you, Austin. It definitely can be come come across as a personality trait. I've seen that on a hinge profile before. Uh, but they weren't Jewish, so I didn't swipe right. Um, Jesus Christ, call back. <laughs> uh, Austin, what's your next hot take? My next hot take is the movie Dune sucked. Okay. Uh, Travis, have you seen that movie? The movie Dunes? Dune. Dune? June? <laughs> like the Dune. month? No, Dune. D-U-N-E. Dune like, like you're going out to ride in the dunes. Yes. I've never seen that movie. What, what the <laughs> fuck is that about? 
Travis, have you not been conscious for the, the past 18 months and not know the movie Dune exists? <laughs> I guess not, dude. Wait, Dunes? Dune, no S. Just one, it's just it's a plural a, it's dune. Basically, like it's a, a singular dune. Singular dune, sorry, plural synop- dune. Austin will give you a different synopsis, but basically, there's a bunch of books written about this. It's like a future world land where there's basically a, a world world's war going on and all of this stuff is happening and basically the prophet this one kid who's like the prophet is finding his way to essentially cr- do everything great it's when i explain it like that it sounds like star wars but uh well, yeah it's I, was very gonna similar. Say, I will that's what i just googled it and i will like reading this i can already tell you it looks too sci-fi for me already and I will throw a hotter take out there. I think Star Wars is absolute dog shit. The most boring, <laughs> most unrealistic fucking, I don't want to watch this shit. Like, I, I think that Star Wars is the most overhyped series of all time. It's so boring, dude. That's they've hilarious. Made, they've made 10 Star Wars movies. Two and a half of them are good. And we have to talk about it every fucking day. Yeah, I, I'd be I'd be willing to venture out and say that 10 is nine too many. I think in 19, in the 1990s when it came out or whatever, whenever the fuck that was, it was cool because they were like, oh, we've never seen this before for sure. But now they're coming out with this shit like we see this in every movie now. These sound effects, these, these visual effects, not that cool anymore. My dad is, my, my stepfather, Paul, is obsessed with Star Wars. Don't get it. <laughs> never got it. Oh, I love you. It's, uh, it's, it, it, but my big thing is I'm a very realistic person where I like seeing like real things that can happen. Like I don't even like, and here's another hot take. I don't even like most sports movies because they're so fucking fake. It's like some guy that's a teacher that walks into a UFC ring and all of a sudden he's beating the shit out of fucking Chuck Liddell cap bullshit. No shot. Chuck Liddell would put any, any t- current teacher in a fucking sleeper hold so quick, they wouldn't even be able to think about two plus two. They'd be done like that. Uh, uh, Are you man. saying you don't like the movie Warrior? It's uh, that one was a little bit okay, but still a little dude, bit bullshit. Yes. Too I, too, I too happy for me. Those brothers, dude. They're like, yeah, like you gotta die. I hated it. Yeah, I'm a I'm a teacher, and the other guy is like, a, what, what was he a, a a bouncer or some shit, right? He was a marine. <laughs> uh, he might be able to fuck him up, but still, even that fight, take a marine and put him up against a, a current teacher, whip his fucking ass <laughs> like that. I just am thinking, what if the teacher's training on the side too? But also, I'm thinking to myself. Let's actually just make this happen. Just go find a local Marine who just got out and just be like, okay, we're going to the nearest high school. You're fighting the biggest teacher we can find there. I don't care, male, female, whatever. We're going. (laughs) And and that's a thing, too. Like, they they make it seem as though teachers are like – like, there's a difference between fighting MMA, and I'm putting quote fingers up, and like – training MMA, you know what I mean? Like you can go I can go to the gym right now and I can go find an MMA teacher that could teach me how to pretend put somebody in a chokehold. But when I actually get out there against a real Anderson Silva type, there ain't a goddamn chance he's letting me get my little chubby ass arms around him. No shot. Oh, I love that. I'm real quick, sorry, I'm gonna keep going because I hate sports movies so much. Even the fucking like 
what's your guys' favorite sports movie? Let's just put that out there. Oh, dude, Austin has a list. I know this. Austin's favorite sports movie. I can think I can guess it. It's going to be Miracle on Ice. Miracle. Miracle is, I was about to say, I think I was going to say Miracle. But but that's, a, okay, that's, a, that's based on a true story. I'm talking like, okay, like a fictional sports movie. Like a like a Rocky type. Movie. I'm going Bull Durham. Bull Durham's probably my answer as well. Actually, you know what? I mean, if it's not, I mean, it's partially fictional. It's not fictional. It's mostly real. But Moneyball's my favorite sports movie. Okay, Moneyball's a movie about math. You fucking nerd. (laughs) I like math. Then, all right. Let me reflect on my question again. I'm talking about a story where they try to do like the come up from the bottom to, and then you make it to the top type sports movie. Those are the movies that I hate. Like Airbud? Like what are you talking about? <laughs> okay, your golden retriever would never be in the NBA, pal. Let me tell you that real quick. <laughs> okay, no, like, yeah, uh... mine's probably like like Mike. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like Sandlot is not what I'm talking about, right? Like I'm I'm talking about like a um what's some super inspirational what's motivational... that one movie? What's the movie The Natural? Is that real? Okay, even that. He in that movie, right? Wasn't wasn't he like supposed to be like 40, 41 years old and going through like some love situation? Is that the natural or my? No, I, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I've never seen. The I natural. think I'm thinking. I think um, I'm thinking um, of the love of the game. Yeah, you are. I've never mm. seen the natural. I know it's a hot take. I've never seen it. Sorry. I'm 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 trying to think of like um, what's a movie where a guy like starts from the bottom and comes to the top. Shout out to Drake. I, I, dude, I feel like every sports movie, but everyone I name, you say it's real, real story. No, but you're naming like based on true events that I like, like, uh, the miracle. That's a true sports story of the, the U.S. hockey team, right? Okay. Well, then let's go with like, um, let me think of one that I just, it's a lot of boxing ones that I've watched, like Cinderella Man. I think that's Cinderella a true story. It's a true story. It's an A yeah. plus movie. Okay, what what's the box movie that came out recently with uh, 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 the, really the Michael B. Jordan guy? Michael B. Jordan, yeah. What, what uh, was that's Creed? Creed? A spinoff Creed of Rocky. Movies a spinoff rule. Of, a spinoff those of movies Rocky. are those movies are fantastic. <laughs> dude, don't don't let him say that. Yeah, please. I just don't agree, dude. I think it's corny as shit. Even Rocky, dude, think they're corny as shit. Travis, what's your favorite movie? My favorite movie of all time? Yeah. Step Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I might not be the best movie critic. <laughs> but my thing is, I was I was an athlete. That's a fact. She said it. <laughs> that is a fact. I was an athlete. I've played countless hours of baseball. Played with, the, with multiple guys that have gone pro- my thing is, it just doesn't accidentally happen where you can practice and become that good. You just either have it or you don't. You can't work like that. It, I promise. I, I think I was an above-average baseball player, enough to get my college paid for, which I'm super grateful for. But I accepted it very early on, and I had seen guys around me that belonged at that level. There's no accident or any fucking kind of motivation that can put you to a level where you're just all of a sudden a fucking at the top of the chain and you're a god and you just figure it out. I think that all those movies are fucking bullshit. Well, Travis, I have step siblings and my upbringing was nothing like step brothers. <laughs> I think that experience is bullshit. <laughs> 
<laughs> my movie's not supposed to influence people, though. Was your stepbrother called Nighthawk? No, he was called Dragon. <laughs> okay, but I think that sports movies are always meant to like influence and upbring people. But you're not going to make some kid who can't hit a baseball go watch Mr. 3000. Consider the target audience, dude. What are you supposed to do? You're a fucking pud in like the second grade. You're supposed to just watch a movie to be like, hey, buddy, you're fucked. Go watch it. Yes, I want a movie like that where it tells my kid on. If I can look at my kid in the face and I know that you're not going to be worth a shit in baseball, I want you to go watch a movie that tells you you know what? Sometimes you're only this good. You're never going to be that good. Just be this good. Just be good enough to get through high school or college. And then that's all you got. You know, you're not going to be a world series MVP or a world series champion. You're not going to be 13 years old pitching for the Cubs. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. They're talking about major league when he breaks his arm and then he starts pitching. That's yeah. called rookie of the year. Rookie oh, of the year. <laughs> major league is about the Indians, but yes, uh, exactly. About rookie of the year. My kid's never going to be 13 pitching for the Cubs, but they put that in their head, and all of a sudden they think, oh, I'm the next Mike Trout. No, you're not. Mike Trout was 12 years old hitting 400-foot bombs. That's Mike Trout. I'm sorry. Okay, <laughs> okay well, I, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get us back on track here because we got a, we got a long show to get through. Um, uh, Austin, I know you had three hot takes. We're going to catch you off at two. Sorry, man. It's the nature of the show. We're fresh off the couch here. We're figuring it out every day. And then today we're cutting you off. Uh, I want to I hear the third. Fuck it. Okay. Fuck it. Go. <laughs> Hit it. Scrambled eggs are for children. 100%. I'm with you. Cool. Okay. Right. Cool. Thank you. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, Moving I, on. Well, wait. Hold on. What's your egg of choice? Well, it's a good question. So, like, this is gonna. This might sound pretentious. And so, like, I'm gonna say this, and then people are gonna be like, "You don't fucking eat your eggs like that." My egg of choice is a poached egg. And when I say egg of choice, if I had a choice of how I would eat my egg, it would be poached. Do I make a poached egg? The most? No, I never make a poached egg, <laughs> but that's how I enjoy it. <laughs> if, if you're around somebody that can make a poached egg, you're taking a poached egg. I mean, I'm not like going to take a pot of water and start boiling it so I can make an egg. You know what I mean? I hear you. I hear you. Okay. Yeah. I, I respect that, Austin. I like that. I like that choice. I will say I, uh, I like scrambled eggs, but um, I, I, I agree with that take. Um, I was just about to roast people who ate scrambled eggs, by the way, until Ben said that. <laughs> I was going to say, mean, like, I eat a scrambled if egg. If, if, if you're, you're, like if you're over 25 and you ask for scrambled eggs, get the fuck off my island. You know what I mean? Exactly. I that's agree with like, that. I will agree with that. I don't go to I don't go to a diner and be like, hey, I'm going to take scrambled eggs. I'm I, I'm saying when I have nothing left in the fridge but three eggs, I go in there and I whip up three eggs and just because that's all I have left. You know, I'm not opposed to that. And I would rather have scrambled eggs than try and cook each egg, you know, a fried egg and make sure it's evenly cooked. Right. No, if, if I'm cooking the eggs, it's probably going to be scrambled because I don't know how to do anything else. I have another egg-related hot take. Hard-boiled eggs are fucking disgusting. I love hard-boiled eggs, dude. Hard-boiled eggs are fuego. Yeah, I'm with Ben on that one. Hard-boiled eggs are kind of gas. And they kind of give me gas. You ready? Oh, yeah. Uh, Okay, well, speaking of hard-boiled eggs, um, you know, or regular boiled eggs, you got to make sure that they're either over or undercooked. Hmm. 
So yeah. this leads us right into our next segment. Mm. Over or underrated? Austin, for um, for you, for your knowledge, over or underrated is uh, in relation to our gambling podcast-esque, I guess, Fresh Off the Couch is supposed to be a gambling podcast, but now we got into eggs, but it is what it is. Um, we keep up with the gambling and uh, in the over, under spirit, we're going to go with over and underrated. So that being said, I'm going to basically ask you five different things and you can say if they're over or underrated. It's either going to be a person, a place, a thing, a food, whatever it may be, over or underrated. Trav's going to have a, maybe the same take, different take, and then you guys can basically discuss um, your feelings. Sound good? Let's do it. Sounds freaking good. This is gonna be a this is gonna be a hot one. Um, but considering you know we want to keep this episode fairly fairly short, not too long. So I don't want you guys to go too deep into it. But I'm gonna ask it anyway because I know it's gonna get the the blood flowing for both of you. Over or underrated, Derek Jeter. <laughs> go on, boys. You're from Yo, first. Now I want Austin to answer first. See, this is something where, like, before Twitter and before Reddit, this wouldn't even be a question. But because, like, we need something, we need something to have, like, negative discourse about on the internet, it's become this, like, hot topic of a thing. Derek Jeter is underrated. Mm. That's what I will say. But his defensive metrics, Austin, his defensive war, he was an average shortstop, blah, 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 blah. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Derek Jeter was the captain of the New York Yankees during a, the New York Yankees dynasty. He's top 10 all time in hits. He was the captain of the Yankees. He has an over 300 career batting average. He's done everything. He did everything you could have asked him to do. And now people still want to get over, like, sit on the internet and pull up his fucking career splits and, like, his, compare his prime to Nomar Garcia Parra's prime and all this stuff. You guys are idiots. Derek Jeter is underrated. We were lucky to have him. All right. You have the floor, Travis. Derek Jeter is not only overrated, he is quite possibly the most overrated player that has ever played baseball. So, yes, his numbers were amazing. And he played in a very offensive-heavy time of baseball 1000 percent. he played in an era where guys were hitting fucking 70 home runs a year he had limited to zero pop in a in a juiced baseball steroid area era sorry and the people will be like oh well he didn't take steroids he probably did as most guys did uh he had very 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 bad defense which i don't give a fuck about what what metrics you're looking at, whatever. He was a below average defender in my eyes. I've seen him play, watched him, watched film. He's not a great defender. Um, average wise. Yes. He, he hit above 300, but at that time hitting above 300 was the equivalent of hitting probably 270 now, which I guess is okay. Whatever. But the one thing that he had, he was cool. He was good looking and he played for the Yankees. That was it. If he played for any other team other than the Yankees, he is a career average player, and that is absolutely it. And he has nothing else besides he was clutch, and that was about it. That's all I would give him. Besides that, 
he was a very you're talking about across the board. You're talking about the only things that matter in sports. He happened to win and happened to take advantage of the circumstance that he was in and okay, was hap- clutch and won win. tons of World Series. That has no- I hate that argument in baseball because there are so many factors that go to winning in baseball. He was on a the richest team ever for many a years. And he was surrounded by a ton of talent. He himself did not win shit. It's the same thing in the inverse. Mike Trout, significantly better baseball player than he is across the board. Everything that he does, way better. But he doesn't. He hasn't won a World Series. Does that make him worse than Derek Jeter? The argument is: Is Derek Jeter overrated or underrated? Okay, Derek Jeter is underrated. But you turned the argument into him winning championships. Basically, is what you're saying. That that that's his big thing, right? Like he's won all these rings. Cool. That's great. He was surrounded by the best players of all time, amongst the richest team that's ever been built. Obviously, right. like compared well, to was, the time of now, like guys are getting paid way more now than they were then. But at that time, they were the most expensive team. Of course, they won a ton of World Series. That, but that's not because of Derek Jeter. That's because they had a fuck ton of great players. So he was dealt a good hand. Okay. I but he still that. took advantage. He still excelled and took advantage of the situation that he was born into. And yes, and I do not punish, I'm not, my argument is not punishing him for that at all. But do you agree that a lot of the situations he was put into were built around the hand that he was dealt? If I'll actually just scratch that, asking you this, do you think that if if he played for the Minnesota Twins, he would be who people think of him now? Well, it's, that's like, that's a ludicrous question. Like if, if Steph Curry was on the Sacramento Kings, would he be is like, would he be overrated or underrated? He'd be absolutely I, the same player. A hundred percent. We'd win think, four championships for the Sacramento Kings. I, agree home, with baby. Bricks. I think that Steph changed the game of basketball based on the way that he plays. Right. But he I, was, I think, I think basketball is hard to compare he to plays, baseball. He plays for an organization that spends the most money every single year. He's surrounded by talent. When He's he got was, a great coach. When he was winning those championships at the beginning, though, was were they the most expensive team in the league? One of the, them. The, the first three, I do not – I disagree. I do not think they were because they were probably all still very new on their contracts. Nobody knew who the fuck they were. Yeah, I would say – I would agree with that. No, the first couple the, – the first one, not the first – the two after that, no. Yeah, not, not like Durant, the, not the, like the KD – even this one though, like, but those guys, the Steph and Clay's, they're all on those contracts now because of what they had already won. And so now we're going to punish Derek Jeter because the Steinbrenner spend money. That, that, that's that's exactly what I'm trying to explain. And I I by no means am saying that Derek Jeter was a bad baseball player. I think that he was a, above average. I think he was good, but I think that some of the light that gets shined on him is a little bit ridiculous just because he was put in a situation where throw um let me try to think of guys that were fucking playing shortstop back when Derek Jeter was like, oh, Barry Lincoln uh, <laughs> ah that's a little before that time maybe i'm talking about <laughs> Mickey Reese 
Okay. Jeez, yeah. Christ. On the Red Sox. Yeah. Um, let's say like uh like okay, you you brought up Nomar Garcia Parra, right? Do you sure. think if Nomar gets thrown on the Yankees, do you think that he has the legendary status that Derek Jeter does? It's impossible to say. What's impressive to Derek about Derek Jeter to me is that he to be the New York Yankees starting shortstop and have that much pressure and to be as consistently good as he was for so long, have the sustained success that he had, to be clutch, to always live up to every single moment, everything that was ever asked of him, he did and he did it well. Mm-hmm. And now we have to sit on the internet and be like, well, his defensive war, and if you <laughs> if you look at his OBS plus and – Compare it to like the ball, t- like the ball players today, guys. Come on, I, I'll, I will tell you this down to his last at bat, he might be the most clutch pl- player to ever live. The walk off single, all that shit, like that kind of stuff, I would never take away from him. It's just, and I'm, I'm calling him overrated in the sense where I'm not oblivious to the fact that he was a good baseball player, but I just can't say that he was more than just a good baseball player. I just I, I can't look at his in the in the time in the era that he played and what he did. Even offensively, he was just okay. Defensively, he was below average. Offensively, he was okay. He was okay. Oh, you say he hit above three hundred his whole career. That's amazing. And he did it for what 20, 22 20 years? years. I thought it was twenty, but yeah, maybe twenty two. Whatever. So for whatever twenty it was. seasons, he hit. He had an average of over three hundred, and then That's incredible. Had- is top. I think he's like sixth all time in hits. It's incredible. It, I'm not. I'm not taking that away from him. But you play for 22 years of, and you're and you're a good hitter. Eventually, you're going to be up there in those kind of rankings, right? But my thing is, I think that his sustainability put him on a lot of the statistical leaderboards, and he he was healthy majority of his career. He played like a, a full 22 seasons. You know what I mean? He got all those at-bats. 20. I think you – I think you – it was 20? Yeah, and then he had a shortened season in 2013. He only played 17 games. So he just played – yeah, he played about 19, 19 full seasons. Actually, yeah. 18 full seasons because 95. Yeah. You, you give you give anybody that many years, and eventually they're going to climb those leaderboards. And I think that he played in an era where it was so offensive heavy. It, it's not – that crazy to think that he hit 300 for his whole career. And when he stopped is basically when pitching became very prevalent. And now guys are hitting fucking 230 and striking out 200 times a year. And I think if you put him in today's day and age, he probably still could put 280 up. But the zero pop thing, he he essentially becomes a, a David Fletcher to me. He had zero power. He's a slap hitter. These guys would overpower him. All they would do is just throw him inside at 102, and I don't think that Derek Jeter survives in today's day and age of baseball. Well, I uh, appreciate the takes, and considering that it's our podcast, we're cutting you off, Austin. You get no more takes on that. Um, Fuck Derek Jeter. <laughs> and, he's a terrible, and he's a terrible owner of a team, by the way. Uh, well, he also the my one thing here is outside of the game of baseball, his um, lineup of the women that he's dated in his life it, in his life is probably number one in all of professional sports. <laughs> he crushed yeah. that. Yeah, he definitely did. Uh, the next uh, one. Wait, is, hold on, 
Our next one is over or underrated the city of Las Vegas. Overrated. So overrated. Wow. Well, that was an easy one, I guess. So overrated. But I want to actually say it's also overrated in my perspective. I never leave that place feeling well. I feel like shit. I hate it. Um, I never want to go back. Um, and I still actually always go back. I just don't get it. I just feel like there are a lot of other places in America that you can go to. A lot of like cooler cities that you can go to that... Like, if gambling is that big of a pull, I guess. But, like, I don't know. I just feel like there's better places to be. Well, even with even with the gambling thing, like, go to Tahoe. Tahoe is beautiful. There's so many options of things to do. Like, you can go to the lake. You can go snowboarding. You can do so many things and go gamble. Vegas is just like – and I lived there for two years. And I, I actually enjoyed living there. But still, that is actually when I decided, like, this place is so overrated. It, it's – you basically just go there to black out and lose a bunch of money. It's like, what kind of fun is that? You know what I mean? Yeah. I just don't understand the culture. The culture is just to like be the shittiest version of yourself and then like leave and pretend like nothing <laughs> happened. Mm-hmm. Hey, what, happens, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, dude. You know what I'm saying? That sounds like an anxiety attack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that does sound not, not fun. Uh, since that one was quick, we'll, we'll move on to the, the next one since you guys both agree. Um, this this one, uh, we're only going to do three because we still have to do our gambling takes and we have to give Austin the uh, fresh off the couch and we're running long because you guys love to talk about Derek Jeter, but you know, it's neither here nor there. Um, Derek Jeter. The last one is flavored sparkling or regular water so flavored water flavored sparkling water such as LaCroix or just no other flavored water um yeah over underrated I'm gonna say overrated because I feel like it's this and like there's some things where you know I feel like a lot of the time older generations look at our generation and are like you guys suck and I feel like this is one of those things where it's like, at what point were, did like the millennial Gen Z generation be like, we're not drinking regular water. I can't do it. I need flavored sparkling water. That's a good point. Trav? Yeah, I'm, I'm with him. Mostly because, n- not that I dislike so much the, the flavored water, it's mostly, is there anything better than like just a f- fresh glass of cold ass water after you do something just regular water you know what i mean after a functionality standpoint as well like you can't chug sparkling water like have you ever tried to chug something with that much like bubbles you can kill yourself it hurts your yeah it hurts your tummy i like it i like it personally you can't die (laughs) you could die dude it's dangerous yeah i like it it's like a little fourth of july in my mouth dude the bubbles Fourth of July in your mouth. Just saying, brother. Just saying. It's nice. I'm gonna I'm gonna go shotgun a LaCroix when we're done. Dude, I've done that. I can send you a video of me making it on post grad problems on Instagram, me shotgun on LaCroix. Sick brag. <laughs> yeah, I'm fucking sick, brother. I'm fucking fucking tired. sick brag, brother. Well, brothers, uh that concludes over under segment, over underrated. Um Derek Jeter clearly is, uh, by Travis's standards, uh, extremely overrated and yours underrated. Um, and then City of Las Vegas, I think we all agreed about overrated. Fuck that city. I would 
love to never go back. Unfortunately, I have a best friend that loves that city. Shout out to Brock. And then uh, lastly, flavored water. Sounds like it's just overrated to both of you guys, but I personally think it's underrated. I fucking love it. Is Brock a big Vegas guy? Yes. Okay. Real quick. Brock is an absolute (laughs) vibe anywhere that he needs to be. So like if you guys go to somewhere in Mexico, Brock's going to be Mr. Mexico. If you guys go to Vegas, Brock's going to be Viva Las Vegas. He doesn't give a shit. I agree. He's a chameleon. (laughs) No, he's not. He's he's the best kind of chameleon though. He's a fun chameleon though. Like when when he's not partying like that, he's full dad. But the second he gets into a city like that, he just flips a switch and he becomes like, I I don't know what Brock's like alter ego is, but he flips into somebody else and he becomes something uh, else. It's uh, it's. I think he said before it's Byron Charles. I think he said (laughs) Byron. Um, but that being said, yeah, he's, he loves, he just loves the vibe. And I know every time when we were about to have Sean's bachelor party in Miami, he was just like, Sean, it's not too late. Like two days before it's not too late to switch it to Vegas. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) there was other, other things coming into play there. But at the same time, it was just funny. I'm like, dude, I just hate it there. And Brock literally we've gone every time we go there and we're leaving. He's like, never take me here again. Every single time. (laughs) And I think that's everyone's everyone's MO about that city, but it's just funny because when he's there, it's just an absolute no sleep fest of just partying. But I love it. Um, so we can't have the pod without a, a gambling, a gambling take here, Trav. I, uh, asked Austin to have a few gambling picks ready. Um, before we go into that though, I want to recap of last week. Last week we had Alicia on, she picked the Warriors to win, which they did. So that was a win, but then she picked Clay to have more points than Steph. That didn't happen. So she went one and one. I also believe you had two picks last week and they went one and one also. Am I correct? Yeah. What an outlandish take for her to say that. That Clay is going to outscore Steph in a game deciding, like a series deciding game. That was crazy. I mean, I think at this, I think she picked it because of Game Six. Clay, everyone was talking about how crazy he does when they play in Game Six or something. I don't know. Um, Warriors, but, Warriors fans need to learn that Clay is not who Clay used to be. Jordan Poole is the new Clay Thompson. Well, here's the thing: I love Clay Thompson. I I watch the Warriors just for Clay Thompson. Still, I think he's going to come back. I think this year he wasn't fully healthy. Um, I think he no. He's at like seventy five percent. He's like sixty. So, I think. I think that next season he's going to. We're going to see old Clay where. And it's going to be not as much old clay where he can run as quick and do all that stuff, but his spot up shooting is going to be back to normal. I think he's going to average like 22, 23 a game. Uh, I don't know if anybody can remember this. I will be willing to bet that he averages less than 20 points a game next year. I'll remember it. Put um, it on the board. Okay, I'll put it on the board along with uh, what does it take your what does it take your picks to now? Are you 10 and four on the on the pod so far? Uh, yes. And then is that does Whoa. that, that be bring your pick the the list the guest picks to what is that six and three now was that yep. yeah it's it's almost it's almost equivalent uh, winning percentage wise mm-hmm. okay so six and three and then ten and four uh, Austin for your knowledge at the end of the year we're gonna take all of the guests picks and compare winning percentages to Travis's picks. If the guests are correct or have a better winning percentage, then they're going to get a Jersey with the number of guests that they were and uh, their name on the back. And then if Travis is correct, uh, all of the guests will be Venmoing him $5. So there you go. 
ten dollars right. $10, $10 depending on your career. Yeah. Got it. Well, I know we had Briggs's cousin on here and he is a lawyer, so he's gonna be Venmo me ten at least. He's an attorney, actually. Oh, sorry, he's a lawyer. My bad. He's a, yeah, he's an attorney. <laughs> oh man, we could go on for a long time having Austin talk about Rob and how much his infatuation with Rob. It's a weird infatuation. I, I don't really want to talk about it too much. Uh, that Because Austin was also on my past podcast with Rob. Uh, me, Austin, and Rob, if you plug to Bald and the Beautiful. Oh, wait, you, you three were the ones that did it. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was probably I, – I, I would love to go back and listen to those podcasts, by the way. They're on SoundCloud. Sit, link me up, Daddy. Will do. They're they're good. We did eight episodes, I believe. So we're about to pass up what uh what we've done before. So there we go. Austin would come over and we'd all record in the, my living room in San Francisco, and his girlfriend would like sit on the couch and just like play games on her phone. It was it was great. Because back then there wasn't an easier way to record than the Anchor app. I'm throwing out another ad. Uh, <laughs> I would I actually will put it in right there. So yeah, speaking of the Anchor, <laughs> well, wait, what's what what. Wow, Trav, just loving that. Easy uh, transition, dude. Um, all right, so our last, our second to last segment, because we always finish fresh off the couch, uh, the gambling. Uh, Austin, you're going to start off first. Give us one, two, or three picks that you have. And Travis, I'm going to preface this. I told Austin he can pick futures, so hopefully that is okay with you. Yeah, that's fine. Cool. My first pick is Chet Holmgren to go number one in the NBA draft at plus 500. Wow. You think that lanky? Okay, wait, I can't talk shit about your picks. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> That's my first pick. Okay. And my second pick is Bryce Harper to win NL MVP at plus 850. Both futures, Daddy? That's correct. God. Damn, no, technically, technically Chet Holmgren's not necessarily a really big future because the when this is published on Thursday morning, um, the draft is Thursday night. So, oh, that's right. Okay, so wait, I, I do want to ask you though. You think that? Do you think he's the best pick in the draft to go after? So, I think it's an interesting draft because I think that it's like it's got good players. There's there's. Consistent good. good NBA players. I don't know if there is a superstar. Getting and Ivy. I feel like not if he gets drafted to the Kings. The, um, the, the crazy thing is though, like the players that are, I guess, I don't know, could be potential superstars. It's like a low floor, high ceiling type deal. But I feel like it, in most drafts, there's like guys that are are high ceiling, high floors. You know what I mean? Yeah. But so this, I, there's there's not much high ceiling, high floor guys in this draft. And that's why that's why I picked Chet is because I feel like if there is a high ceiling guy, like we don't know what he's going to be, but I feel like his ceiling is potentially higher. Like the best version of him could be better than the best version of Paolo or uh, Jabari Smith. Yeah, I don't know. It, I think I think I will say this: this is probably the worst draft class that there's been in the NBA in probably ten years. I highly disagree. I think this is the best draft class we've seen in the last five years. Really? Yes, this draft class is incredible. I feel. I, like I think it's full of a bunch so of than... mediocre 
role that, players that, on I mean, teams. Last, a, last year's draft class was terrible. Are you really think like last year Scotty Barnes won the rookie of the year and I mean he played really well in the second half of the season but that was not a good see, draft. That that kind of thing though all boils down to the the role you're put in, the team you're put on and shit like that, right? Like So yeah, I mean he, you can essentially make that argument about every year's draft. So we can say like, oh, like just at face value right now, like oh, like the role you're put in everything to a year from now or two years from now we'd be like, wow, that draft was amazing because of all these guys got put in great roles, you know. I guess the way there's just the way that I look at it is like the NBA draft is so much different because in the MLB, there's so many rounds and all this shit, right? Like you can get a fucking ninth rounder and him, him and, or say even Jared Walsh, for example, just because I'm an angel fan. He was like a 39th rounder who is a very, very, very good MLB player at the, like right now. Right. And the NBA, your basic, you're basically looking at like one to five guys that can be somebody that turns your organization around. And I think this year, I don't see very many guys. I I, maybe one, which would be Chet that if he grows into his potential and like maybe puts on a little bit of weight, I think that he could be, Somebody who turns your organization around, but I don't see very many guys outside of him that can do that. Disagree heavily. I think Jabari Smith is really interesting, just in the sense that, like, he's six foot ten and he shot forty percent from three last year. Like, he, I think, is a. Can he be like the best player on a finals team? I don't know, but I think he can be a contributor to a finals team for sure. Okay, I like Jabari Smith. I like Paolo Bancaro from Duke. I think he's actually going to be really good. And then uh, I think the biggest sleeper in the draft who's gonna, who has amazing bounce and he just needs to get his mid-range game better is Jaden Ivey. Jaden Ivey. Yeah, I like Jaden. Jaden I mean, Ivey I was... is sick. I, I think Ivey is my favorite player coming out of this class. Uh, I'm going to say Paolo and write this down. I think he's going to be the biggest bust from this class. I think I think his Duke – the the Duke name and all the hype and shit is a little too hot for me. I I don't think he's that great of a player. So I think like he seems pretty refined offensively. Jaden Ivey. I love, I watched him. I watched a lot of big time basketball. because I went to, went to Illinois Mm -hmm. and he's great. I think Jaden Ivey is great. Like, Best case scenario, he's like, what, like Dwayne Wade? But I think that it's very easy for him. I think a comparable, like a, he's, if he ends up being like, well, like Donovan Mitchell, then I think like, that's a pretty good comp for him. I just don't know what his, like what a realistic ceiling for him is. That, that See, that's a good problem to have though. I think like, I think when you don't understand what the ceiling is going to be, that tells me like, yeah, of course he can be a bust as anybody could, but still at the same time he could be Kobe. You know what I mean? Like that's a pretty good ceiling to have. You know, like when you're like kind of in the middle of where you're like, oh, I don't really know where he's going to be at. I think that's a good place to be as as a guy coming into coming into the draft. Yeah, 
I mean, Jaden Ivey's sick. I mean, there's even guys that are sleeper picks, though, coming in the, in the later rounds. I think that that's why I like this draft. There's a lot of guys. And then this is like the first draft, though, Trav, that in Austin, I think this is the first draft where the G League is a little more figured out than it was previously, where you can do the, instead of going to college, play one year in the G League and then get drafted. I think that's mm-hmm. kind of getting figured out more. And those guys get a little bit of professional basketball under their belt, which I think is going to prove out to be a lot better than um the little one and dones that the guys do in college yeah yeah that's why i think it's like harder and harder to like understand nba draft like talent is because like the g league is more legitimate now than it's ever been people are playing overseas and like they can actually translate like there's a lot yeah, there is. There's it's a lot. I, I do want to say this, though, real quick, Trav, and I'm, I'm very surprised you didn't mention this, but Austin's other pick was the future of Bryce Harper to win the NL MVP, which is back-to-back years, and it blows me away because there's no way Bryce Harper wins back-to-back MVPs considering because he's the DH. can't play defense. Yeah, he's not in the defense, not in field. He has a torn UCL, so he's playing. And that the first year they put the DH – Full time on a in the NL, they're not going to give it to a DH, and I don't, I, I can't even tell you, I don't know how many DHs have won the MVP, but I know it's not a lot. I don't can't even know. A lot. A, I don't know if it's any. I don't know if it's any. It can't be a lot. I think that the ast like the big asterisk in this scenario is that it's Bryce Harper. Yeah, I, I, I mean, name definitely plays a game in it, but the. They they base it off of war so much now that he's going to lose so many points from that just because he's not contributing in any other way than just hitting. He yeah. he would literally have to hit probably 340 and have 50 home runs and 120, 130 RBIs to win the MVP at this point. I don't know if that's out of the realm of possibility, though. I I wouldn't put it pre- I wouldn't put it past Harper, but I don't. I mean, that's also plus eight fifty. We're saying plus yeah. eight fifty for his odds here, so I think that that's a good. That's yeah, a good that, bet. It's a great bet. I mean, you could have picked he, a bet. Uh, let me let me say 5, this: if he wins this, I will give the good the guests eight point five wins. If On, if Bryce Harper does win the NL MVP. Okay. Um, I just looked it up. Yeah, no, no MVP has ever been a a, a DH, so that would yeah. be the first. In history. <laughs> the, um, the first one that would have ever been would have probably been David Ortiz, and I think that was like I don't remember the year, but there was a year where he went absolutely fucking absurd. And I, I want to say Trout might have won the MVP that year. So you're saying I maybe should have picked something Googled else? This. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean there it's I mean, not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, but he would have to go absurd over the next couple of months. Okay, well like the one comparison I do want to make is the JD Martinez 2018 season when he played mm-hmm. on the Red Sox. Uh JD hit 130 RBIs. He hit 43 home runs. He had a 330 batting average and a 1.031 OPS. Like that's incredible. And well, Can you tell me this? What was what was his war? Uh, and who, I, who who was the two, 2018 MVP? Was that Trout? I believe that's Trout that year. And and that year, that was the closest that J.D. Martinez ever has gotten to winning an MVP, and he was fourth in voting that year. That was so, number oh, that was Mookie. That was when he was with the Sox. So, I mean, he 
JD not got, looking good for me is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean that is what it is. Let's hear uh let's hear your picks, Trev. All right. Um I have Blue Jays money line on Friday. Okay. Alec Alec Manoa is throwing uh I don't know if you guys saw the last Blue Jays game that he pitched. He pitched super super well against the Yankees and got absolutely anally destroyed by the umpire. Yeah, that was terrible. What is going yeah. on, Austin? <laughs> Chill. Like he's getting ice out of his machine. <laughs> That's what it That's exactly like. what I, I was I was I was getting ice in my uh in my freezer, I'm sorry. Um but I think that Manoa's facing the Brewers who are a very good team and I think that he's going to come back with a, with a vengeance just angry about what happened last start and I think he's going to carve. So I'm putting uh Blue Jays money line on Friday and then I'm putting Astros. This is a fun one. I'm going to I'm this is going to be one that it's kind of a coin flip. But the reason I'm betting on the Astros series money line against the Yankees and this is not even going to list off the starters because obviously all the pitchers that are going are going to be pretty good. I'm going strictly off the of fact that the Astros are going to prove a fucking point because everybody is touching themselves over the Yankees right now. Everybody's going crazy. I think they are going to, per usual, fall the fuck apart. I'm not saying it starts now. It's going to probably start in the playoffs, but I think the Astros are going to prove a point that we're still the best team in the American League. And... uh it, yeah, I think it's going to be a little bit ugly too. I'm not going to. I'm not going to give like a fucking. They're going to beat the shit out of them. But I'm just saying Astros series money line over the weekend. I, I think you'll probably get plus odds if you bet all three games individually because the Yankees are always favored in Vegas because there's more Yankees fans than anybody. Um, and then the last one is going to be White Sox series money line. And the White Sox are facing the Orioles. I know that's kind of a a gimme, but the Orioles are only eight games under five hundred. White Sox are just one game under five hundred, so it doesn't sound as crazy as it looks. But um, I like it. Yeah, I like I like for them to kick that tail. They're getting a little hot, so that those are my three picks: the White Sox series money line for the weekend, the Astros series money line for the weekend, the Blue Jays money line on Friday. There you go. See, those are some good picks. Well, actually, we'll see tomorrow if uh, Austin's pick comes through. Chet Holmgren did be first overall. And then uh, we got the Bryce Harper. We'll have to wait till October to find out. And then um, you got your three picks, man, which are great. Blue Jays, Moneyline, Astros Series, Moneyline, White Sox Series, Moneyline. Those are uh, some strong picks. Hopefully you guys can – hopefully the listeners – God, I keep saying listeners. Hopefully the, the guests can, can make up some ground. Wait, but I'm, I'm going to give the guests this too, real quick. What what's Chet Holmgren's uh, odds to get picked first overall? Uh, plus five hundred. Okay, so if the guests, if he does get picked first overall, the guests get five wins. Yeah, I mean, I do spot. like that because Austin picks some picks that are you know very like strong odds against them. So I like that he you know went out of this shell because he could have very well picked minus three thousand. Like I'm going to pick. The I'm gonna pick the Astros to make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. So it's got to. We have to give them. We have to give them some kind of something for mm-hmm. picking something so crazy. Which, if that does, is is he the best odds? 
No, no that, he's that's their best ads. Yeah, there's okay. been a lot of talk now, right now, that Jabari or that um, Paulo Bancaro might go number one too, which is crazy. Ooh. Biggest bust. What? We'll see. I wrote that down, and I'm going to talk to him about it in seven months, eight months when we watch first season, and we still won't be able to tell. But um, all right, Austin. So to conclude this episode, we're sitting at eighty, around eighty minutes right now, so we're having a good time. Hopefully everyone's enjoying themselves. But to conclude this episode, like we conclude every episode, our podcast is fresh off the couch. We have a good time fresh off the couch. We all got fresh off the couch to record this, hopefully. Um, we're getting old. We're all getting fresh off the couch to do just about everything. So we have to ask you one question fresh off the couch, meaning you don't really get too much stretching. You don't get any preparation. kind of just jump right in there. Um, we've asked a range of questions in the past from 40 time to um, – Last week, we asked Alicia how much money she would make at a strip club if she was to strip fresh off the couch. Yeah, we asked that. Um, We're going to ask you one. I'm going to ask you one food-related. I know you love food. Fresh off the couch, Austin. You're not training for anything. You're just you're just going straight to a baseball game, and you're gonna house house some hot dogs. How many hot dogs could you finish in one full nine-inning game? Comfortably, or if I was like, mm, you're doing it. You're, yeah, it doesn't comfort is not a factor here. You got to just go for it. Someone's fresh. fresh off the couch. Like roll out of bed, I can eat six. <laughs> but like roll out of bed, like all right, like let's just casually go to the game. Six hot dogs. Someone tells me I can't eight hot dogs. <laughs> so what if there's a guy after six who's literally like, you can't eat two more. Like, just random guys. Like, you can't eat two more, boy. You're fucking going back up there and ordering two more or what? It depends. Like, if you told me, then I would definitely go and do it. If, like, a random toothless person did it, then I'd be like, all right, crazy guy, get out of here. I love that, I love that you said toothless person because I was thinking when he said, you can't do it, boy. I was thinking, like, some 70-year-old guy straight out of Alabama <laughs> with no teeth. Wow. I love that I have that much impact on your life that you'd do it if I said <laughs> I just shoot you a text. Hey, you couldn't eat eight hot dogs today. Um, to give a little bit of a story here, we went to a, a Giants game one time, and it was me and uh, I used to live with Austin uh, Trav, so we had our fair share of fun times playing FIFA and yelling at each other and getting skunked, and it was the best time. Uh, we lived in the in a three bedroom apartment with our other friend Tyler who. We would play FIFA and just compete about just about everything. But one time we all went to a game and it was like a little competition who can eat the most hot dogs. And Austin won. I'll give him that. Austin did win. I only, I think Austin did legitimately eat eight. I think I ate six and I had to like, I had like six and a half. I had to bow out. I was feeling terrible. And Austin was surprisingly like not doing terribly. I was like kind of mad. I was like, dude, this guy is not struggling as bad as I am. I felt like I was sweating just meat out of my pores. It was terrible. I remember waking up in the middle of the night after eating six hot dogs. And that's not even, I feel like that's not even that many. But after eating six, six hot dogs, I woke up in the middle of the night and I'm like, I cough and I cough up foam. Like I'm like coughing up foam and I'm like, this is just disgusting. What is this? My body was like, yeah, you can't eat that much saturated, just fat meats, like freaking whatever the hell is in hot dogs. You can't do that. Uh, I woke up the next morning and I was like, Austin, how you feeling? Austin was like, yeah, I'm not well. (laughs) 
I swear to God, I like had the cold sweats in the middle of the night because your body's not designed to be able to consume that many nitrates in like one sitting. Awesome. Um, I've got to know what was your poop like the next day. Travis, I've had diarrhea for like fifteen years. <laughs> okay, yes. you've got IBS, buddy. <laughs> Dude, Austin's the only guy I've ever met who actually enjoys it, though. He's gotten to this point now of his life where he just will talk about it. He's like, yeah, I got diarrhea. And he's like, I like it. It's like cleaning out the pipes. Yeah. You get a little, you get like a little cold sweat going. You're like, kind of like, you know, you're like a little, a little sweat going down your spine. You take your shirt off. You just like grab on to, you just grab on and you just just go for the ride. It's a part of who you are. Okay. Wait, real quick. In in your guys's competition, was there a time limit? I, did I miss that? It's a nine inning game. We game. went to we yeah. went to a game, yeah, and we were eating them. So like one of the little like uh, Tyler tried to because I ate more than Tyler at this point. I think Tyler stopped at five, and I will say Tyler's like big thing was like you're not like you can't like do that. I drank more beer than you, Austin. Like Austin had like two beers throughout the game, and and Tyler's like I drank four beers, so I I beat you. And we're like, dude, that's not, we, that's not Austin's fault. Yeah, it's like you chose to drink those. We didn't have a competition on the beers, you know. You filled yourself up with the beers. That's on you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's say without any kind of liquid or anything like that, how much do you guys think you guys eat in a nine-minute span? I'm talking like a like a hot dog eating contest where you're sitting there and just scorching them down. If you had See, ninety th- minutes, this is a good question, but like you have to understand too at the Giants game. The hot dogs that we're eating were like a little bit bigger than like just like the in the, a typical hot dog eating contest, which that's you, you ever watch like a hot dog eating contest? Those guys are eating like just, the very thin hot dogs that are pretty small. They it's are. like my dinger. Yeah, huh? <laughs> it's like mine. It's like mine too. Don't worry. Don't worry. Austin's <laughs> packing heat though, so it's no, neither here nor there. Um, but I would say if it was a legit hot dog eating contest and if it was at like a baseball stadium where the hot dogs are a little bit bigger because you're paying like 15 bucks for a hot dog, yeah, I can probably like just eating hot dogs, maybe just consuming water, I could probably house 10. Okay. I still say eight because I think that like your body rejects it after a while. Like you, no human body is designed to be able to consume that many. Yeah, well, I'm 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 gonna throw this out there, boys, and I'm not gonna toot my own horn. This actually is probably worse than it is good because I can put down some fucking food, okay, and bad food. I so when I started playing baseball, my mentality was like, fuck it. I put my body through so much like vigorous shit. I was working out every day. I was playing baseball every day. I was running every day, and then when I stopped, I was like a four-year span where I was like, you know what? I'm tired of this. I'm going to eat Taco Bell and just sit on my fat ass and play video games all day. And I was eating, like, Taco Bell, pizza, McDonald's (laughs) constantly. There's one day that William and I ate Taco Bell for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and that's not (laughs) bullshit. So, like, I've been doing that to my body for a really long time. I think in a 90-minute span, boys, I'm not fucking with you. I could probably put down 15 to 20 hot dogs without really fucking my stomach up that much. And I'm not kidding. That's absurd. That is a crazy person thing to say. 20 hot dogs in 90 minutes. It's not a good thing, but I really genuinely think that I could do it. And I'm not, I'm not saying that the next day my body wouldn't be destroyed and I wouldn't be fucking pissing shit. 
but I think that I could pull off 20 hot dogs. Wow. I'm flabbergasted. Gross. It is disgusting. I hate myself. Well, that's kind of nice, though. I mean, you, you at least know you have that in the repertoire. Yeah, I can throw that down in front of a in front of anybody if I need to, you know. Yeah, I mean, you can throw that in front of, throw that down in front of Hannah if you want. I don't know if Hannah's going to respect it, but she'll probably enjoy it a little bit. She would stop me about three hot dogs and be like, "Our room is going to smell like shit later." You know that, right? And I'd be like, "Yep, here goes seventeen more." <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to end on that. Uh, well, it's been fun. It's been real, Austin. Thanks for jumping on. Have fun at your bachelor party that you're going to this weekend. Uh, Thank you. And- Thank you for having me. It was fun. Uh, Travis, any, any closing words? Uh, I just want to say thank you to everybody that has been listening and sharing all of our shit and putting us on your guys' as friends. Our listenership is crazy. We, uh, we don't deserve it by any means. We're just two fucking idiots that decided to make a podcast with you guys. Make it all worth it, and we appreciate all the kind words, and I just love all of you guys, and Austin, thank mm-hmm. you for jumping on here. Appreciate you, brother. Hundred percent. I uh, want to piggyback off that and say thank you, everybody. It's been great. Follow us on all the social channels. Like, subscribe to the podcast, please. Um, and also, Austin, I want to say thank you for coming on. And also, I know you don't have any social media, but um, you do have a LinkedIn. Um, and Austin does is a writer. He writes. He's very smart. Has some great little writings coming out. So if you wanted to follow him on LinkedIn, feel free to do that. Or just look out for me retweeting or posting his stuff um, um, on the socials. All right. I love you, boys. Love you. You ready?